This is Sustainable-ish with me, Jen Gale, and it is great to have you here. Listen in each week and I hope I can brighten up your day and leave you feeling inspired and excited about the magnificent human being that you are and the power that you have to create a better world. You won't find any expectations of eco-warrior perfection here. There's no obligatory tree hugging. You won't be judged if you drive a car, wear leather shoes, or eat the odd pack of Haribo every now and then. I'll be sharing my own gems of wisdom for sustainable-ish living, and I also relentlessly scour the internet for people doing amazing things to tackle the big environmental issues that we're facing, and I hound them until they agree to come on and inspire us all with their fabulousness and the positive change that they're making. So sit back, listen in, and get ready to change the world one baby step at a time. Welcome to the Sustainable-ish podcast. How are you? We have limped our way here to half term and the kids are now off for a bit more than a week actually, which is that usual mixed blessing of not having to shout, get your shoes on 11 billion times each morning, but then also having to try and juggle everything with them at home and keep them off screens for at least a couple of hours each day. <laughs> Today we are talking all things plugging. What is plugging, I hear you ask? Well, it's picking up litter while you jog or walk and it's a very brilliant thing indeed to do. In this episode I'm chatting to Michelle and Dermot, founders of Plogolution, all about plugging, what it is, how it works and the amazing stuff they're doing with Plogolution and very importantly, how we can all get involved. Enjoy. Hello, both of you. Welcome to the Sustainablish podcast. It is fabulous to have you here. Let's kick straight off with some intros. Michelle, do you want to go first? I'd love to. Hi, my name is Michelle Parks. I'm co-founder of a group called Plogolution. So Plogolution started about two and a half years ago now, and myself and Dermot went for a run down by the River Thames. And we were just blown away by the amount of rubbish that was littering, not only the streets and the rural areas leading up towards the river, but also just the, the river itself um, and the huge amount of cans and plastic bottles and just general waste that we found absolutely everywhere. So um, we happened to stumble on the Swedish craze of plugging and we thought, why don't we give that a bit of a go? Amazing. Right. Dermot, do you want to introduce yourself and you can... Tell us what plugging is, because it all sounds a bit strange. Hi, I'm Dermot, the other co-founder of Plogolution. And yeah, plugging uh, it was something completely new to us. We had never heard of it before until Michelle sent me the article on plugging. It's a Swedish eco-fitness craze, which involves running or walking whilst picking up rubbish. So it combines the, the word plocka, which is uh, to pick up in Swedish, and obviously the uh, jogging part. So yeah, a mix of the two, running and picking up rubbish at the same time. Right, I've got so many questions for both of <laughs> you. What's, um, what's your background, Dermot? Were you like massively eco before this? Were you into litter picking? I know you've, you've already said to me before we started recording that you're a PT, so obviously the fitness bit is kind of built in there. Yeah, well, I started in retail, so completely irrelevant. I did a, a stint working as a bin lorry driver, so um, I got exposed to quite a lot of rubbish on the streets. I was four years in the Army Reserve as well, um, and from that job, 
I went into a conservation volunteering out in South Africa and did a lot of rhino conservation. But I wanted to do something here in the in the UK, and um, myself and Michelle then set up Blogolutions. So yeah, um, conservation and the environment's always been an interest of mine. I've just never had the platform to do something until now. Yeah, and what about you, Michelle? What's your background? So I'm a marketing consultant. I've been working marketing for coming <clears throat> up for twenty years now. <laughs> And um, for a while, I've been working for, you know, lots of corporates and technology companies and enjoying what I was doing. But it also felt a little bit like something was missing. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to give back and have like a proper reason for waking up. I've got two small children. Uh, one of them is six, and one of them is eight. And I was also aware that the planet that we're passing down to them is not as nice as the planet that we grew mm-hmm. up in. And um, I wanted to give something back and I guess get them involved as well as inspire other children and that young generation to start to make a difference and look after where we live. Yeah, and I think litter picking is such a brilliant way to get them involved, isn't it? Like just to be out for a walk. We all, you know, were out for walks during lockdown and things and to be out for a walk with them and just, it's a brilliant way of starting a conversation. I think like, oh gosh, look at all that litter. And you know, where do you think that's come from? Or where do you think, what do you think happens to that litter? And you can, if you're cleverer than I am at homeschooling, you could probably incorporate all kinds of geography and maths and all those kinds of things into it, which I completely failed to do. (laughs) So it all started when you went for this run the two of you and you noticed all this rubbish and this is one of the things I'm always really fascinated about the vast majority of us who will do something like that will go for a run see a thing and go oh isn't that bad and maybe we'll come back a bit later and we'll pick it up there aren't many of us who would then go on to sort of start a you know a movement or a um, an organization what was the catalyst or how did that all come about I think for us, it was that the very first club when we had 16 people together. And and was that just you going, guys, we've seen all this rubbish, come and play little yeah, picking with that. us? And we had quite a lot of networks. So Dermot works for British Military Fitness. So he knew a lot of people from there. And we had friends and people who were interested. Um, working in marketing, I thought, well, we need to get something on Eventbrite so we can manage how many people are going to be turning up. Um, and I even remember a day or two before Dermot and I going, oh, we hope there is actually going to be enough rubbish on the streets. Like how <laughs> awful would it be if people turn up? So we were joking about, oh, maybe we should like litter some on the side of the yeah. town. And then we had 16 people. We had a 5K walk, a 5K run and a 2K walk. And, and it actually got, I took the run, Dermot took the walk and we got to Hammersmith Bridge, which was 2K in. We had so many bags of rubbish that we couldn't run anymore because wow. we had so much. And I think when we got to the end and we saw everyone's reaction of, you know, you litter pick on your own and that's great and you can make an impact. But mm-hmm. when you see as a group how much you've picked up and how much you've got together, you've got that sort of that double endorphin high. Yeah. Having gone for a run and got some exercise, but also having made such a massive difference to your local area that that just led into, well, this has been a huge success. and working in marketing I was like we need a name and we need t-shirts and merchandise and then that led into what's now been over 70 community blogs. Wow that's amazing and what do you do with the rubbish as you go because I pre-lockdown there's a, a fitness studio um in the town where I live and they did a blog and I was like come on kids we're gonna go and do this and the kids were like oh mommy just um but honestly like we 
I mean, I saw in the videos, you guys just take small bags, don't you? We had like bin bags and very, very quickly they filled up. And so, you know, we had to sort of just stop and leave them, tie them up, leave them by the side of the road. And one of us had to go around in a car afterwards and pick them up. Like, what are the, the practicalities? Derma, I've, I've seen a video with you with a massive like backpack thing on. Is that... <laughs> I, uh, that was what we used when we, we did a ultra plug along the, the Thames path, 184 right. miles in six days. So, yeah. uh, that was the video that you saw there. And basically I had the bin on my back, which was, um, smelly and uncomfortable for 184 yeah. miles, but on our normal community plugs, um, sometimes it's a case of emptying out the general waste into bins and then trying to keep the recycling with us. We try to keep a track of the recycling on our community mm. and our school plugs just so we've got numbers. But yeah, sometimes it's just a case of emptying what we can into bins and then trying to carry the rest of it back to the, back to the finish line. We've got some good relations with local councils that will, if we say we need to leave some rubbish here halfway around the course, they will yeah. come and pick it up at, at a later point. Yeah. And do you have to run? You both look like super fit and super cool and like you wouldn't sort of break a sweat running you know you're, you're that, like these mums I always see that come to school pick up in their in their leisure wear that don't look like they've you know if I've run to school or whatever you know I've run to school I'm bright red and I'm sweating and I'm, you two look super cool but do you have to run if people are thinking oh I'd, I'd quite like to get involved but I'm not sure my fitness is up to no um we always we we want it to be all inclusive so everyone can come to a plug so we always hold a walking group and a running group yeah so that families can come as well little children we've had plugs where with uh i think one year old was the youngest and oh, 89 year old 89 year old was the oldest so and we always want that to be the case so we always want everyone to be able to get involved whatever your fitness level whatever your background whatever your age so yeah there's always a walking group and a running group Oh, that's, that's, that's quite reassuring for people who are yeah. maybe, <laughs> maybe looking at a little bit of uh, lockdown weight gain or <laughs> lockdown loss of fitness. Yeah, although we say it's a 5k, it's never, it's not a 5 you're not going to get your personal best out of this 5k. It's generally, we, we look at taking over an hour because mm. of the amount of rubbish that we come across. Um, and even one of my best mates who came across one and she hates running. She went, I actually really, really enjoyed it because it was so stop start. Yeah, because you get to stop all the time. <laughs> She's like, I feel like I've obviously got the 5k out of this, but I've also got the rubbish. And plus mm. you're carrying the rubbish, so you've got the extra extra calories burned with the squatting and the rubbish. So. Yes, yeah. It's cool because we've, we've had some people that have started to walk on the first few plugs and then they've sort of progressed into the running groups they thought why not give it a go so I think it's a great way for people that are maybe scared of going into fitness or going for a run mm. by themselves to to have that community sense and also the sense of giving back to the planet as well definitely and I think that's so true what you say I, I know so many people who would be intimidated or put off by the idea of going to a running group and doing a 5k run and feeling the pressure to do it in a certain time or whatever but one of the things I think we probably did about 5k when we did the the plug round here and I that took the kids with me and you know the kids do lots of sport and stuff but they're not massively into running but the fact that we kept stopping to pick up rubbish and things does make it so much more doable for everybody I think. And Michelle you've got a load of great videos on um, your website and I was sort of watching them to have a little look at what you're doing and you mentioned in there about eco-anxiety mm. and how you feel like the plugging is a really useful tool for that. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I find the eco-anxiety fascinating. I've got, I've seen children, my own children being really worried. I had 
my youngest um, couldn't sleep the other night because he'd uh, been showing some films about orangutans um, in Borneo and he's upset. And I think this is something, sometimes it can seem like it's so far away. You know, Borneo, it's very little that we can personally Mm. do to save an orangutan in Borneo. But this is all part of the wider, massive problem we're facing as a planet. We're in a massive crisis. And I think what we can do and what we can offer is a way to come together as a group to make a difference, however small that difference may be. And it's a mixture of not only doing something, but you're educating at the same time. Yeah. You know, when we take the litter out of that environment, it's, a, it's excuse the pun, but a, a drop in the ocean of what mm. we are taking away. However, what we are doing is educating not only the people we're taking out, and I'm sure Dem will chat about the school side in a bit, but being able to actually go into the schools and start to educate there, mm-hmm. we're hoping that we're going to get the next generation to make a difference as we're going forward. So Definitely. Yes. And, and I think the other education almost that's done quite unintentionally maybe is that when when there's a group of you and you're out doing that even actually I found just as a family if we've been on the beach picking litter or we've you know we tend to take litter pickers we try and remember to take our litter pickers when we go out for a walk so many people will say well done you guys that's amazing oh gosh I must remember to do that next time I go out and these sort of ripples of, of being seen to be doing something I think that's really really important as well that other people are, oh we don't just have to and once you start have you guys found this as well once you start to notice litter you're like it's everywhere was I just not seeing this before or is it like suddenly got really bad it's weird isn't it definitely literize you you just spot it everywhere you're walking it can spoil some walks because (laughs) you're going in these beautiful places and historically you wouldn't have seen the rubbish there but because your eyes are trained for it now you pick it up everywhere just to really quickly come back to that eco-anxiety bit Michelle that you something you mentioned I think in one of the videos about I kind of think that the antidote or one of part of the antidote to eco-anxiety is eco-action. So even going out, um, you know, on your own or as a family litter picking, but there is something about, I think the phrase you used was feeling a part of something bigger. So being a part of a community, a group who are actively sort of doing this, that's really powerful as well, isn't it? Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that is part of Pluralution is what we're trying to do. We're, we're eventually when COVID sort of slowly starts to die down a bit, We'd like to see ourselves almost like the park run. Mm. We've got groups all around the country that feed into something bigger. We've got 34 schools that plog at the moment. And again, they're feeding into something bigger. We see the statistics as a whole of what they are picking up. And it's huge. Mm. They've picked up over 40,000 cigarette butts. And and one small school, yes, being part of something huge. I think that's what we see as vital. You were talking about, you know, seeing litter everywhere. But I take my little six-year-old out and he will spot tiny, tiny bits of microplastic everywhere, wherever we go. Um, and I think, again, it's that education empowering yeah. that's really vital for tackling that eco-anxiety. And you just mentioned COVID then. What sort of impact has that had? Have you guys still been able to meet up and go out or has it all just had to stop? We had to cancel a lot of our events obviously right at the start of the year we had planned for an extremely busy and productive year which obviously that has put us on a massive hold as lockdown started to ease going out on our own and with our Mm. families and whatnot and uh the amount of rubbish was ridiculous probably the worst i've ever seen since Mm. doing this just because people were forced into open spaces because they couldn't go to pubs and restaurants right yeah we were seeing a lot of people in our parks and the litter was just um I wrote a blog on it, you'll see on the website, about the 
rubbish at Bournemouth Beach and they picked up 63 tonnes yeah. of rubbish in, in three days off Bournemouth Beach. It's just uh, mind-blowing. Mind so we were finding a lot of rubbish and then just as lockdown started to ease, we were doing some community blogs. We held a few in Wandsworth and a couple in Hounslow. But obviously, um, the restrictions are starting to tighten again now and we're having to slow things down again, which and is I've, frustrating. Yeah, and, and I've spoken to some people as well or heard from some people who have been concerned about picking litter up in terms of kind of COVID transmission and things. And I mean, it sounds like you guys normally do sort of gloves and litter pickers and things like that. So is it is it safe to pick up litter at the moment? We believe so, yes. Uh, we do encourage people to take litter pickers, wear gloves, don't touch your face mm. with gloves, um, and just wash your hands thoroughly afterwards. Yeah. Uh, I've seen some people when they've come, because sometimes you go out and you see litter, especially masks, which drive me mad, yes. and you don't have anything to pick it up. No. I've seen someone the other day pick a twig, use a twig to oh, really? and carry it to the bin, which... I guess there are innovative ways to get rid of the rubbish, but I, I think, yeah, we can get people out still doing it. It just mm -hmm. has to be in smaller groups. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And you've mentioned the schools and I just think it's such a brilliant idea and you do assemblies, but you also have like Plogolution clubs within schools as well, don't you? So is that your baby, Dermot? Is that... <laughs> yeah, that stemmed from, I think it was our second or third community plug and we didn't actually have any children on the plug, but there was some uh, a fa few families having picnics in the park. Mm -hmm. And these children just came up to us and started picking up rubbish oh, and putting it in the bags. And obviously I've got a, a son as well. So I thought, why not ask his head teacher if we could set up a plugging club in mm. the school and just see how it goes. So we created an assembly, talked to him, like you said, about plastic pollution and um, then trialled a plugging club. And up until COVID, they had been going out every single week wow. in school time, um, collecting huge amounts of rubbish from their local community. And it's great because they're role models in their community now, because yes. the people that live there will see that these children of primary school age mm. are going out and picking up rubbish. So you then think twice about throwing your rubbish on the floor. Yeah, definitely. Did I see on the website you do secondary schools as well? Yes, we do. So I recently went into Ibstock School in, near Roehampton Gate of Richmond Park um, and did an assembly in the lecture theatre and they will be going out after half term as well. Okay. And how different is it? Because I can see, my, actually my eldest has just started secondary school, but my youngest is still at primary school and, and they're quite into it. They quite get it. They quite enjoy it. Um, they're quite proud of doing it. But there is this stereotype, isn't there, that it's, oh, it's the teenagers littering. Like we went for a walk and there's a, in the woods near us and there's a rope swing and all around it, there were just plastic bottles, crisp packets, you know, and I don't know that it was the local teens coming and hanging out, but it, it was the, you know, looking at the rubbish that was there, it was the most likely thing. And, and I kind of get that, that if you're with a group of friends and they're all just sort of doing it, if you're the one going, oh, hold on a minute, guys, we've got to pick this up. We can't, we can't leave this here. Like, as a teenager, that's really, really hard, isn't it? How do we make it socially unacceptable for them to be doing that? I think what we're trying to do at Plogolution is almost take litter picking away from the sort of high-vis, green anorak yes. sort of walking down the street with a litter picker. And we're trying to make it more fashionable, really, mm. and more... Um, 
getting the sporty types involved and getting all children from all different sort of demographics involved and, and making it a popular thing to do. Making it the the right thing to do as opposed to being cool throwing your rubbish on the floor in, in front of your friends. It's cool not to throw your rubbish on the floor and cool to look after our planet. Yeah, and but I think I just don't, like that you said about Bournemouth Beach and 63 tonnes of rubbish, like it would never even occur to me to have a picnic on a beach and just walk away and leave my stuff. But clearly for a significant proportion of the population, that feels okay. Like, you know, we're picking it up, which is amazing. But I guess, how do we start to tackle that um, mindset where that's an okay thing to do? Like, have you guys had any thoughts on that? That was the big part of our education program and going into schools. Mm. And obviously it's a, it's quite a long scheduled program in that, it's not going to happen overnight. We can see this maybe 10, 20 years down the line where we've got into so many schools and we've talked to thousands of children all across the country and all across the world and taught them that that is the right thing to do. So, um, yeah, it's not an overnight project. It's definitely one that is going to take a long time, but we feel that education and empowering these young people so that they grow up into adults that are looking after the planet, is that, that is one of our main goals at Blogolution. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, and it is a real sort of mindset shift. And I wonder, actually, I was talking to somebody and she was saying that something that will really help that would be a bottled deposit return scheme, because there's no incentive for these kids to, you know, to be the one going, oh, come on, guys, let's, let's just collect it up and take it back with us. But actually, if they're going to be able to put it in a deposit return scheme and get some money, they'll probably pick up a few extra. I remember going to a, like my husband's really into cricket and he wanted us to take the kids to a, a one day cricket match and they have these reusable pint cups and you have to pay a pound deposit for them. And at the end of the thing, they were all, you know, there were quite a few left there. So my kids were like going around collecting all these up and going and taking them back for the pounds. Like that would be a, a real incentive, I think, wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense that we don't have it, to be honest. It's just such an easy win for me because you'd get homeless people picking up rubbish mm. in the streets to um, children, like you said, they, uh, we are partnered with a great group called Nourish Out in South Africa and they are just starting up plugging there and they've got a toy shop that people, could, children can come and bring the rubbish in that they've collected off the street and then trade it in for toys. Oh, wow. So, um, yes, pretty pretty amazing organisation out there that we're, we're partnered up with. But yeah, it just doesn't make sense that we don't have something like that over here at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Michelle, once you've collected your rubbish, so do you guys try and run we've done this when we've gone out for walks as a family have one bag for rubbish and one bag for recycling is that what you guys try and do it makes it a bit easier on the school mm. if you do because we try and sort everything at the end and if you have all of the rubbish in one bag the kids have a tendency just to tip it all over the floor and then you're going to pick up cigarette butts and everything yes I do try and separate it where we can. Um, and then, yeah, we recycle whatever we, whatever we can potentially recycle. But even down to things like the bottle tops. Mm. So we actually keep hold of those where possible. We've um, uh, got an amazing guy that we know called Tim who works for Clement Knives and he makes chef's knives. Um, but what he does, the, um, he tries to be as zero waste as possible and use lots of uh, recycled materials. So even the blade, he'll use disused children's playgrounds um, wow. that to make the knives. But with the actual handle, he uses melted down uh, bottle tops from, and they're all different, beautiful colours. And as he melts them down all together, they sort of swirl around and he uses those as the handles. On so his... what's, what's the name of his? I totally want a knife like that now. <laughs> I know. 
They're uh, Clement knives. Clement knives. I'll pop a link in the show notes. That sounds absolutely amazing. That's somebody's Christmas present. That's got to be, hasn't it? (laughs) Oh, my other question about what you do with it kind of once you're done. Somebody told me you have to wash the recycling. And I was like, oh, please don't tell me that. That's like, I feel good that I've done all this. And now you're telling me I've got to wash the recycling. And I feel like that's a step too far. Is that something you guys do or is that council specific? council specific is it? Um, we at home i will re- wash my recycling before i put it in on blogs we, we we just don't have the capacity no. to do it. so we send it to the recycling in the hope that it will get recycled yeah 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 definitely and it's uh, and anything is better than it just being out in the environment and then ending up in the rivers and the seas and all that sort of thing isn't it um so covid notwithstanding what is next what are your what are your what's your big vision i guess for blogolution so i guess we've spoken about potentially have being like the park run of blogging mm. so we want to get as many people running their own volunteer blogs around the country as possible we've just found out that we have some amazing funding which is going to allow us to get into even more schools across the uk so um and it's completely free for the schools for us to do so and like dermot said there's an assembly we provide all the kit for 15 children and we'll also help them support set that up now that could be virtual um it could be face-to-face it could be a mixture we're very flexible as to how we run that um and then it's just constantly about education and reaching as many people as we possibly can yeah and you do did i see on the website you do corporate blogs as well we do yes um what we do with the corporate blogs is um we go and we take employees out um so not only are we teaching them about you know the environment and littering and the main issue that we're facing and showing them that it is everywhere Mm. um we ask them as well to sponsor a school as part of that so they give a donation which then allows us to get a school up and running under their name yeah oh that's amazing and if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking, I would love to start a blog in my community, what's involved? Like how big, a, how big a, an ask is it in terms of time and energy and all that kind of thing? Well, we're always up for supporting people and to helping people through the whole process. Um, and I guess it's as big as you would want it to be as mm-hmm. much as you want to work with us. We'd probably like to think that it was going to be on a monthly basis because mm-hmm. um, that would be preferable from a, being able to say to people around that local area, this is going to be happening yes. regularly. We would help on the marketing standpoint. So we would help to set up links so that you'd have a rough idea of registrations and how many sure. people would be turning up. We can provide all the equipment they need. Um, and them and I would help to train them up to give them a health and safety we yeah. have insurance that would cover oh, additional brilliant. locations as well. So everything's covered. It would just be sort of them being able to turn up on the day, be confident enough to look after a group of people. Yeah. And probably teed up enough to be excited about yes. what we're doing and to really get people um, involved. Do you get a T-shirt? That's my main question. Derma, what do you think about T-shirts? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure we can sort you out a T-shirt. Um, we, we did have T-shirts for everyone on our um community plugs but then we came to the decision to stop that because it's just the, the amount that goes into making yeah. a t-shirt on such mass scale so we just thought if anything is creating more products that we don't need on the planet it's really so. difficult um michelle you must feel this with your sort of marketing hat on that you know you want you want all the branding and you want all the merch and stuff and i'm like this with sustainable like i'd i'd love to have you know sustainable t-shirts and hoodies and water bottles but as dermot's just said it feels like it's does every anybody really need another hoodie i'm not convinced that they do but 
it's I mean, in some cases so the supply that we use for our running t-shirts they're made out of recycled plastic bottles amazing so yeah that's, that's helpful um i think the way that we sort of like to do t-shirts is maybe if someone wants really wants one we've yeah. got one available yeah 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 like um we'd also hope that if they're coming along to a blog they keep wearing the same t-shirt and yes. they for another one um but there are there's some amazing companies out there will once you have holes in your t-shirt mm. you in the back and they'll do another one for you so potentially when we have more funding in the future that could be a supplier that we would we would work with I mean, yeah. all the kids' schools, we provide all the kids with T-shirts, but they also get metal reusable water bottles as part of their reward scheme as well. Oh, so lovely. Again, encouraging them to be sustainable, encouraging them to you know, fill up and use tap water where possible. Yeah. Again, if somebody's listening and they think, oh, I'd love, I'd love there to be a, a plugging club at, at my kid's school, um, does it need the school to get in touch or can a parent get in touch? No, we're, we're happy to, to deal with it either way. I mean, again, if you visit plogolution.com, there's a contact form on there. Preferably, obviously, for it to run, we would need to have the schools okay for yeah. it to go ahead. But we have um, a PDF document on there which covers all of the latest guidelines of how we can run it, so whether it's virtual or whether we come in first but that's all on our website so it might be that they want to send that to the school and and suggest it and yeah then we can get them on board and get them up and running amazing literally running I like what you did there <laughs> <laughs> um, brilliant so you've mentioned the website which is plogolution.com and where can we come and find you on social we're on twitter instagram and facebook and uh, at plogolution Amazing. Thank you. Dem, is there anything you want to, you're sitting there very quietly. Um, is there anything you want to add? No, just uh, we really encourage people to get involved. What our mission relies on having thousands of people across the country that are really passionate about this and wanting to get involved and wanting to make a difference because two of us can't make that happen. So yeah, yeah we, we want people all over the country, all over the world to to want to get involved and to work with us and to, to really turn this planet around to make it a better place. Amazing. Thank you both so much, not only for coming and talking to me, but for, for doing this. Like I said, it, there's, there's a special type of person who goes for a run and sees rubbish and not only goes back and picks it up, but who then starts a, a movement and an organisation around it. So massive thanks to you guys for doing that. And um, as I said, for coming and talking to me today. Thank it's you. Thank you. been listening to Sustainable-ish, you wonderful sack of loveliness, with me, Jen Gale. Hopefully we've fired some neurons and we've got the old grey matter thinking about what changes you can make in your life this week to live that little bit more sustainably. Do let me know what that is. I love to hear about the changes that people are making, big or small, every single one counts. If you've enjoyed the show, and I hope you have, do hop over to iTunes to leave a comment or a review and then the bots at iTunes will cotton on to just how awesome it is and it will show up in more people's feeds. Or at least I think that's how it works. Thanks so much for listening. I will catch you next time. <laughs>